This week on episode 82 of the Odd Dead Out podcast, I'm still sick and it's a whole new thing. Overjoyed. Uh, in the news, we're, we're taking a trip on the love train all the way from finding a boyfriend, getting him to the altar, and maybe till death do you part? And the jackass of the week proves that it's never too early to get a good deal. And then we're going to take a major uh, track shift for this week's recommended listening feature, Sunshine and Power Cuts. Evening Hot Dad Out Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the perpetually sick this time of year, Adam Miggins. And this is the show where I share my twisted little stories and fun home musings. And I make fun of some weird news stuff. And I wrap it all up with a podcast that I think you should be checking out. Because... After all, everybody, especially this time of year, sharing is caring. So, if, if you're listening to me right now, you can probably hear that sort of muddledy what's a who's it in my voice, which, like I said at the beginning of the show, means that I'm still sick. But it's not that I'm still sick as a, uh, oh, I'm, I'm still sick. It's a whole new sick. Because I went from having some sort of a flu thing last week to waking up this morning with a sinus infection. I had finally gotten clear of all the crud from last week. And I'm like, all right, great. Wake up this morning and I my whole face hurts. I'm, I'm just so congested. I'm, I, forgive me if, if there's a lot of uh, apparent sort of choppiness in this episode because I'm probably going to have to take a lot of breaks to uh, dispatch the crud in my head. So I'm not focusing on being sick this week, although that really sucks. I've never, I've had a ton of sinus infections before, but I've never had one where I was like, I, I, I my face is going to explode. Oh, it hurts. I need, I, I, I took some Theraflu and I'm hoping that works, but I, I don't know. I'm going to bury my face in some in a hot bowl of soup later. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I've actually been... I kind of knew what I was going to go into today uh, all weekend. Pretty much just because it was kind of a cool thing. As of this week, this past weekend, our youngest is out of our room. Yay! Where the hell is my, my, my applause? I need my applause. I think every parent has that feeling when they finally get their their kid out of their room, if they ever did sleep in their room. And he wasn't he wasn't sleeping in bed with us, but early his bed was his playpen or his, his crib was at the foot of our bed, and it had more to do with well, my wife is somewhat uh, paranoid and and clingy, and but it was a lot of it was convenience because you know, when he was really little. It was like, yeah, he would wake up multiple times in the night and getting and just making sure that we heard him and were able to get up and attend to his needs and whatever when he was a baby and not waking up his brothers because you know, we, we've got a three bedroom house. So the two older boys have one room and it was always the intention for the other, the two little boys to have one room. Well, when one's a baby if he wakes up in the middle of the night and starts crying, he wakes up his brother, which is not good for anybody. So we, you know, we kept him, he, he slept in our room for, you know, he, he's two and a half, he's two-ish. Um, I, I can't do math, my brain isn't working right now. But he's, he's uh, over, he's a little over two. We just go that way. 
Um, and he, so, but he's basically in the last week figured out how to escape his bed. And for us, that's kind of been the, okay, yeah, you can escape. So you're not going to be in bed with walls anymore because that's just going to be dangerous because you could fall, you could get hurt and the walls aren't serving a function anymore. So we decided, okay, we're going to order. We went ahead and went on, uh, forget where the hell we ordered We wherever the hell we ordered our, the other boys beds. When we upgraded them all to big boy, full size twin beds. And we just ordered a new bed for bug and bug got upgraded from the pirate ship bed that has served all of the boys. And now he is in a big boy bed. And now, uh, Sammy, our, our two-year-old, is now in what is his upgrade to a pirate ship bed. Yay, Sammy. I'd, I'd put the applause in there again, but I forgot how long those applause are. I don't have a, a faster applause. And I really don't feel like going through the work of cutting that down right now. With 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 all of the sinusy pain stuff, editing and... And, and, and all of the behind the scenes posty crap. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm not feeling that right now. My head is too much of a fog. All that said, it's been weird. And I should mention he is still sick. So he did get moved into a new big boy bed sick. And I mean, and bug is sick too. So both of them together in there, it's just, now, those two are both also the loudest snorers in the house. So, that room is like listening to a, a, a just an echo chamber of lumberjacks all day. But at night, it is so loud in there. You just hear both of them going off. And it's not even just because they're sick and congested. They both just snore that much. But add on to it that they're both sick and congested and it just makes it that much worse it is so loud when the monitor clicks over to their room it is just that's all you hear oh my god it's so funny but mixed with that again because they're both sick uh is a lot of coughing fits and unfortunately all the coughing fits has met it's like they're getting medicated at night but then medicine wears off in the middle of the night and so somewhere around 2 a.m he's been waking up and we actually moved the baby gate from our room, which we actually, it was more of a dog gate anyway, which we forgot when we moved it, but we moved the baby gate, which has a nice big loud clang when it gets opened to, we basically moved it over to their bedroom as an alarm because we know that he can, it's, it's useless as a baby gate. He can get through it. Our boys have always been smart enough to outsmart or, or outmaneuver baby gates, which sucks. The only baby gate we ever had that they couldn't beat was like, God, it was almost a hundred dollars, but it was like a two step thing. Like you had to pinch these two buttons and push down here and then like, and lift. And it, it was so complicated. We basically, we had to like, anytime somebody would come over we would have to coach them on here's how to get, because we used to keep it blocking the main hallway just to keep the, the dogs and kids and all this separated. And so it would basically be right in the middle of the hall and we, any, any guests come over and it was like a four foot gate and it was nice and tall. So guests would come over and they need to go to the bathroom. They have to figure out how to get through this gate. And it was like, Oh yeah. So it's like this. And then you do this thing. And then you're like an insert here and twist three times counterclockwise and, you know, sh uh, shake it all about and then it might open. And yeah, <laughs> but you know, that unfortunately we broke that gate, but the, it, for the most part, the, the baby gate now just serves as a, because it's got a big loud noise. So we know if the boys wake up in the morning or wake up at whatever time, they're not going to hang around in their room. They're going to try and get out. And usually, really, the, the, the little boys, when they get up in the morning or they get up at all, the first, for whatever reason, their first stop is to come to our room. 
Bug has always done it. Damien did it for a long time. But they'll get up and they'll come straight back to our room. And we're like, I don't know why. Mildly annoying. Because you get that, you get woken up by a toddler face in your face. And when you're as out cold as I am and you just like, you're just asleep. And then, Dad. I've been startled awake wanting to punch something that turned out to be a toddler just because I had no fucking clue what's going on. Uh, but uh, I, I don't. I, I've, I'm, I'm familiar enough with my children's habits that I know that when I wake up, they're, or when they come in, they're going to wake me up, which sucks. Leave me alone. I've been home for three hours. Let me sleep. Nope. It's me. Dad. 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 Or in Sam's case, Dad. Whack. He has never had any problem, you know, hitting me with something to wake me up. Of course, that was when he was trying to get my attention because he's at the foot of the bed and he'd have like because it was wonderful because there's his brothers would come in in the morning and he'd wake up and he they'd give him toys and he'd start throwing shit at my head my wife's right there by the way this is not like she got up and went to work because she does get up early in the morning it's because she works in the morning but this wasn't like a, she's not, no he would just only focus on me he could perfectly well throw stuff at mom but no he throws shit at me or he'd grab my feet, or he'd pull the blank. He'd pull the fucking blankets off of me, the little fuck. He would fucking grab the comforter and start pulling the comforter into his bed, so that I would be forced to get up. But I have to assume that he always picked on me because he could actually reach me. He could grab my feet, or something like that. Whereas my wife's feet are about another foot up the bed, as she is quite vertically challenged. So, yeah, but he always fucking get, gave me shit. So, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have that uh, at my, like, whenever the hell he wakes up uh, pestering me in the morning. But with them all being sick, I'm still, 2 o'clock in the morning, he'll wake up. Because, like, you know, children's medicine has a, oh, every four hours or whatever. So, his meds wear off at, like, fuck, like, midnight. Not even midnight. And then he starts feeling cruddy and then he'll have a coughing fit from it and wake up at like two and then you just hear clang because he's just popped open the gate and I'm like fuck and then he's really he's really chill about going back to bed. It's like, okay, get up, change him, give him a drink, go back to bed. And he it's so funny because like during the day he's kind of a little turd. Like, you'll sit there and you'll be trying to act sweet and all this stuff. And like, give me a hug. Give me a kiss. Like, no. And he'll, and he'll do it just to, to mess with you. Like, my wife will, like, I'll be sitting there holding him and my wife will be like, give me a kiss. And he'll literally go and fake her out. He'll start going over towards her, then immediately spin and turn and give me a kiss. <laughs> and he, he does that shit all the time. It's so funny. But... Yeah, now, like, when he's in his, like, 2 a.m., I just woke up and I don't feel good fog. He is all hugs and kisses and cuddles, and I'm like, all right, buddy, go lay back in bed, and I'll get your cup, and I'll be right back. Like, okay. I'm like, can I have a hug? I'm getting a big hug. And then he lays down, and, and, and you know, I close the door, go back to bed. And it And it's, but it's still weird. Especially like when we took his bed out of our room because we looked up and like, oh, wow, we've got so much more space now. We also now have the dog sleeping in our room, not because we want him to, because my wife is allergic to him, but because now that we don't have the gate in our doorway, he can just stroll in here and he lays down right in front of the fan, which blows directly onto my wife. So, yeah... I need to do a lot more vacuuming in my room now. Incidentally, he is actually here with me right now, laying here like a like a half-dead cow dog that he is. But 
because he's pretty chill. Unless now if like a plane goes by or for some whatever the hell reason, we could hear birds in here. He'd lose his shit. You wouldn't hear it because I'd have to cut probably 10 minutes of him barking out of out of the show. But yeah, just know that right now within uh, if I leaned over arm's reach, I have a great big uh, Dalmatian lab cow dog next to me here. But as my face hurts and I need to go uh, dispatch some more crud from my sinuses, I think I'm going to stop there for now and take my first break. You've listened to me enough this week anyway, so I'm going to take my first Potter and Family promo break and I will be right back with the news. What up? This is Dina Marie, the host of the Twisted Philly podcast. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. True crime, haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome Welcome to to Twisted Philly. Philly. You don't have to be from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania for that matter to get into this show. You just need to like some seriously weird, twisted shit. Plus, listening to me gush about the places I love to go, the history I love to tell, and the really sick, twisted crimes we've had going on here since back in the Victorian era. So come sit a spell with me in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. You can find me on iTunes and all the other major podcast apps. Hi, my name's Jeremy. I've listened to podcasts for years. I've always had questions about my favorite shows or for my favorite hosts. I started a Facebook group called Podcasts We Listen To. It's a place where listeners can talk about their favorite shows and find new favorites. It's a place where podcasters can get tips on improving their shows, share their shows, and find new audiences. It's a place for all things and all genres of podcasts. That group has taught me that We all have questions about our favorite hosts. And now that group has become a show called Podcasts We Listen To. You can join me every Wednesday as I sit down with your favorite podcast hosts. You can get in questions for hosts by emailing them to podswelistento at gmail.com or you can tweet me at podcastswlt. And of course, you can join the Facebook group as well. I'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. It's all about the love this week. Starting with the Thai woman puts a sign on her home to recruit a new boyfriend. A 65-year-old double divorcee from Thailand has taken an unconventional step in trying to find her lifelong love. And I think it's more lifelong in the case of she's been divorced twice and she's already 65, so she does not want to have to go through this another time. Uh, But she placed a sign on her front gate describing the kind of man she's looking for and instructing gentlemen who are interested to inquire within. So I'm hoping that she, she really finds the... She finds somebody to settle down with, because especially at 65, that it's hard enough to find, you know, somebody that you're, that you love and find somebody that you're, you're, that you want to be with when you're young and you've got plenty of time theoretically, but when you're 65 and you've been divorced twice, you start losing hope, but it's also just like a, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to, you know, live out the, the. The twilight years of my life, all by myself. That would suck. And you know, so I, I you know, applause to her for for doing something different. It's like, hey, here's what I'm looking for. If this is you and you're interested, come on inside. We'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, what what we can do. It's not. I'm not so much going to make fun of her for this. It's just a. It's a an unusual method. But hey, what the hell. Uh, when you're 65 and in Thailand, I don't think Tinder is going to really be your thing. 
or uh, OK Cupid or whatever the hell they would have equivalent to that in Thailand. Uh, so you know, let's let's take it old school. Let's do an analog to, uh, reach, yeah. But of course, once you find said boyfriend or husband, uh, getting him to the altar is a whole other thing. As in another Thai woman who is suing her runaway groom who no-showed for the wedding. So, another different in a different part of Thailand, a woman is suing her former fiancé after he failed to show up for their wedding. According to the ex-groom, he didn't show because he couldn't afford to pay the uh, dowry to the family. So, yeah. Um... If you couldn't afford to pay that shit, why did you agree to the wedding and the date and all this stuff? Um, apparently, he it was like kind of implied that he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll get the money. I'll get the money." He's like, "Oh, and like he's running late," and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm just getting all the money together." Um, and I and I I've I don't come more from a family where that's like, and I there are still even in America there's still families that kind of practice that tradition, um, but. It's, I've, I've never been a part of that particular tradition, but I would think that that's something you would collect up front. That's that you should collect the dowry before the wedding as a show of good faith sort of thing. But I've always seen it where it's like, yeah, at the, the at the wedding, the presentation of the dowry is at the wedding sort of things. So like, um, I don't know. I think you all need to change that. Um, the bride's parents are fuming um, after they've spent, and I, I don't know the conversion rate here, but they've spent over 100,000 baht, B-A-H-T, uh, for the wedding and the catering. <laughs> and apparently the groom's, the dowry he was supposed to pay was 200,000 baht. So essentially, the dowry was supposed to pay for the wedding, for more than just the wedding. And now they're out all that money. So yeah, they're pissed. <laughs> but apparently, like at the time, him and his entire family like up and disappeared. Like, um, and yet you've come back and they've found you and done interviews and she's talked to you and all this. Like, dude, run and make it seem like you were fucking killed by like, you know, rebel soldiers or fucking some shit, you know, because no, th now they're going to, they're taking legal action against you. Fake your death, fool. <laughs> or just jump off a cliff. You now have to face court <laughs> and a pissed off woman and her family. That does not end well for any guy. But another guy in Argentina, did manage to get married. A 23-year-old marries his 91-year-old great-aunt to collect a widower's pension. So, long story short here, uh, kids' parents split up. Mom and the kids move in with Grandma and her sisters. And, like, you know, eight years of, of them having this sort of really big can you know mixed family um you know he was very close with his grandma and his aunts and all of this and kid gets to a point where he's like well i can't afford to go to school anymore i'm gonna have to drop out of school and his great aunt and i didn't write any of these names down but she basically is like no we'll figure we'll find a way uh for you to go to school like we you know you're not going to give up your studies uh and then they'd figure out, well, what if we get married? It's like, I'm 91 years old. When I die, you'll get a widower's pension from the government and you can use that money and keep going to school. So they did. Um, according to uh, the young man, now 25, he, they had like a small little civil ceremony, and, but they all still lived in the same house and they'd been living in the same house for nearly 10 years. Uh, but yeah, she died about a year after they got married, she died and he goes to file the proper paperwork 
to collect on widower's pension. And the government says, um, no, um, we don't think your marriage is valid. According to all the neighbors around you, um, they know nothing about you guys being married. So we think this is a scam. And, you know, whether or not you want to consider just what they did, they're basically, they were exploiting a loophole. They weren't so much as running a scam as exploiting a loophole. It's like they did, according to him, and he's got the documents to prove it. They did legally get married. They were living together and they were married for over a year. And, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm going to fight this. And it's like, they're rejecting me because of a bunch of people who don't know me are saying that, you know, I wasn't, that we weren't married. And it was like, they don't know who I am. They don't know us at all. Like, we don't, we keep to ourselves. We don't, you know, talk to any of these neighbors. They don't know who we are. So fuck those guys. I was like, I'm going to take this up to the, the Supreme Court here in Argentina because I did everything the legal way. I've got all the documentation. I've got all the proof that we were married and I deserve my widower's pension. I was like, this is what she wanted for me. We did this for me so I could have a better life after she was gone so that I could go to school and get an education and be a productive member of society and a bunch of uh, neighbor assholes that don't know me are saying otherwise. And like, yeah, could it be a scam? Absolutely. Could it be, you know, completely legit and then the story all match up and be like, yeah, hey, he, you know, this is what they came up with together and he's not scamming anybody. They just wanted to take advantage of this loophole. Fine. Um, but it is a little fucked up that they're taking the word of essentially strangers. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm 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 not so assholey today because my face hurts. Jumping across the world. A bride wants a divorce after 2 weeks because her husband does all of the housework. Yeah, what? Uh, an Egyptian woman is trying to divorce her husband after only 2 weeks of marriage because she claims he does all of the household chores and spends all of his time cooking and cleaning and refuses to let her help. Only in in the Middle East would this be a problem. Uh, or maybe if you're Amish, if you were but I don't I don't understand the problem. Well, I, I guess I understand the problem. I guess because I am kind of Mr. Mom around here, I don't get that. If my wife were going to divorce me because I do all of the chores, that would be counterproductive. She's at work during the day. She doesn't have the hours at night to do the chores. So who's going to do them? Me, because I'm home. I do the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry and all of that shit. So for me, this is a little, uh, huh, wait, huh? Apparently, this guy is a successful businessman, and he's basically got enough managers and people running all of his businesses that he doesn't actually have to be there. He just, you know, basically pays the bills and collects the checks. And people, and he, so he's got all the time at home to do the laundry and clean. And he's like, hey, if you got a problem with it, I was like, you married me. We've been together for two years. Was like, you wanted to marry me. It was like, my home, my rules. I'm doing all the cooking and cleaning. What the hell are you bitching about? You don't have to lift a finger. Whereas she's like, I feel like I'm I'm a guest in a hotel because I'm not allowed to touch anything. I'm not allowed to mess with anything. I'm like, the uh, only thing I could think of is this guy has actually uh, got obsessive compulsive disorder. And not to make it too serious, but if he's spending all of his time cooking and cleaning and doing and doing all of the things and have, being such a control freak about all those things, I imagine that there's probably something in his head that's going tick 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 tick. I must keep cleaning. I must keep. I must. I must sort the laundry according to the, the fucking tags say and all that shit. Um, that's the only thing I could think. And like, hey, no, you don't mess. Don't do. Don't no no. Don't touch anything because if you touch, if you're gonna if you're, if, if if you're gonna do something, you're gonna do it wrong. So, yeah, I could I could imagine that being a, a a part of what's going on, or it could just be that he's bored and he needs something to do and he's he needs busy work. And he's like, "Hey, what's the problem?" Like everybody else, like every other wife out here has to slave away all day, and their husbands are are being dicks and sitting around drinking beer and watching. I don't know, they're Muslim; they're not sitting around drinking beer. 
but they're, you know, sitting around, you know, whatever the fuck they do in Egypt for entertainment, I don't know, uh, while their wives are slaving away over a stove, and you get to kick back. Stop bitching. And that's kind of where I'm at with this. Like, I'm sorry, but stop bitching. I realize that culturally speaking, you may not be comfortable with not doing all the housework and everything, but stop bitching. You've got an easy life because your husband wants to take care of you and pamper you and do all this shit. Stop bitching. All right. And if you thought their marriage was weird, let's wrap this this up. A man fakes his own death after wife tries to hire a hitman. A Houston man partnered with FBI agents to fake his own death after discovering that his wife tried to hire a hitman to kill him. Luckily for him, the man she contacted was actually a former student of his and informed him of the plot. So apparently this guy was a boxing coach. Turns out the guy that the wife, stupid wife, uh, reached out to to kill him was actually a former student of his. And he was like, um, hey, your wife is trying to have you killed. And so she thinks that I am going to find a guy to do this for her. And so they get together. They go to the FBI. He actually was uh, wearing a, he tape recorded the conversations because I don't, forethought, way to go, dude. But they actually took the tapes to the police. They get with the FBI. They do a whole fake thing. They like paint him up as if, and like throw him in a hole as if he was shot in the head and, and, and like they showed him like stuck in a ditch somewhere dead and basically took a bunch of pictures, told like stuck him in a hotel, told him to lay low for a while while the, the supposed hitman agent, I guess you could say he was, uh, took the pictures to the wife while the FBI were sitting there watching. And this cold hearted bitch was laughing at the pictures of, of dead husband and, you know, of course, then the FBI comes in, swoops in, picks, you know, arrests her for, you know, attempted murder. And, and I forget what the official, what's I, my, again, brain not working right. What the official charge for hiring a hitman conspiring to commit murder, maybe, I don't know, but yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, way to go that they were able to stop that because really, I think if somebody is willing to pay somebody to have you killed, you're probably not going to do anything to stop that. If they're going to, if they're willing to put out money to end your life, chances are they're probably willing to keep trying until they're successful. It's like, she's not going to divorce you. You're not going to reconcile this. If if you try and reconcile, somebody literally tried to have you killed and you tried to reconcile. No fucking way. That's going to keep going. She's going to keep trying to kill you. I would be checking every bowl of soup I ever ate for the rest of my life. <sighs> but, you know, good for him that he made it through that. All right. That's that's it for the romance side of this. Of course, because I'm, I'm not going to forget it this week, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for your favorite part of the news... It's time for the Jackass of the Week. The first Black Friday shopper is already in line in Texas. As of November 9th, there is already a tent camped outside of the Best Buy in Laredo, Texas. And this actually is a little bit personal to me because... I actually lived in Laredo, Texas for a few years, and I can probably bet that I know the best buy that he's camped outside of. Apparently, this guy is, they've been doing this for years. They always camp out this early. They're always either the first or second people in line. Like, you realize that it's like over two weeks from when this this guy's camping outside of Best Buy for like two something weeks. Got his little tent and his camp stove and all that shit. And I'm like, I remember at least 
at one point they did pass a law telling people you can't camp out more than like three days in advance. And I, I think it may have just been in Corpus Christi and this is in Laredo and it's a different County and it's a different, all that stuff. But I could have swore at one point that there was a law that was passed because people were doing that shit and they were, they were like, um, this is a public nuisance and it's a public, uh, like health thing because people were like, you know, they were to preserve their spot in line. People had like, you know, little toilets and things like this. And so there were, there were sanitation issues at hand or like their trash and things like when you're camped out for two weeks, I don't care what you do. You're, you're going to have some trash build up. And so, yeah, again, I don't remember, I don't know if the laws are different in Laredo compared to Corpus Christi or even out here in, in Phoenix Metro, but yeah, no, seriously, no, it was like if nobody else is around you, dude. And it's really, what are you going to get at Best Buy? What are they going to have in stock? I don't even think they've, you know, you don't know what the Black Friday deals are yet and you're already camped out. Come on, what the hell? At least know what you're going to get before you go in. At that point, you have no clue. But I don't know if it's more ingenuity or, or stupidity, but just for being camped outside of a Best Buy for two weeks in Laredo, Texas, <laughs> you, sir, are a jackass. All right. Well, I'm going to take my last little break here. And when I come back, we're going to change gears completely for this week's featured podcast, Sunshine and Power Cuts. Mysteries, conspiracies, weird history, and the unexplained. A new topic each week. So join me, Curse the Mole Man, as we crack open a beer and maybe have a few laughs as we explore the weird and the strange of the Couch Potato Files. Check out a new episode every Friday at thecouchpotatofiles.com. Hey everyone, I am Mike Jolitz from the Mike Jolitz Show, available on Spreaker.com and iTunes soon, I hope. I do a show where I mention some news items, celebrity stuff, stupid criminals, and just silly things I read on the interweb. Proud member of the Pottern family. Recommended listening. Welcome to the very first episode of the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast. I'm Heather, your host for this weekly journey of empowerment. In this episode, I'll introduce myself in Sunshine and Power Cuts, how it came to be and what it hopes to achieve. As the show name suggests, this podcast will feature two types of episodes. Sunshine episodes will draw on nature to empower you and your well-being. Power Cut episodes will offer honest insights into what it's like to live off the grid. I hope you find value in the Sunshine episodes, some inspiration which you can use in your own life to let the light in so that you can shine bright. I'll define in this episode the concepts of well-being and power and emphasize the lifelong commitment that we have to our health and our wellness. I need to let you know that the tone of some of the Power Cut episodes will be a bit darker, still clean with no explicit language used. But feel free to go ahead and skip these ones if you'd prefer to keep things light, bright and motivational. However, if you're interested in what off-grid life is like, go ahead and tune into these episodes and share them with a friend. I make light of the issues relying on sunshine for power and the adventures that we've had along the way. So if you're ready, let's embark on this journey of well-being empowered by a reconnection with nature, together. So, I'm sure you're sitting there scratching your head thinking, what the hell is this? What is he? Is did he play the wrong clip? What is this? Uh, and you know, it's it's very different. And 
so sunshine and power cuts. I should say I discovered this show through the podcast share program. And I must say, like, it was really one of those things where I was like, I, I was somewhat intrigued by the idea. I was like, okay, this is somebody who lives off grid in New Zealand. And they're basically kind of talking about that whole life and that experience and what it's like. And all. it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm intrigued. I have a, I'm curious about what this is. And so I start listening to it and I look and I say, okay, the episodes are relatively short. So it's easy. It's easily digestible. And there weren't a lot of, there's not a lot of episodes so far. Um, but I, I just started listening and I was like, this is interesting. And and I, I'm not a, above reaching into a different sort of uh, style or a different genre of show. And it was, it was kind of funny. I sat there and I think I binge listened to just about, I think I've listened to the entire series up to this point. And again, the episodes are relatively short. I don't think one of them runs longer than 15 minutes. Yeah, I don't even think some of them don't even run over 10. I'm, I'm again, brain fog. But I, I found myself, I just, and as she said, there's the sunshine episodes that are much more about kind of, uh, they're much more uplifting and motivational. And a lot of, you almost could see they're like meditation. You could meditate on those. Uh, and the power cut episodes are much more about her sort of anecdotal stuff. Okay. It's like, you know, sunshine, it's, it's uplifting and bright and it's, and it, and it, and it soothes you and it's, and it's about uh, empowerment. Whereas the, the power cut episodes are more about the nitty gritty of, Hey, here's some stuff that, you know, here's the nuts and bolts of our off grid life. And here's how we live. And here's, you know, we've got a wood fire stove and we have a gas uh, system and we have X number of generators and we've had, you know, we've had to up our panels and up our batteries and we've had to do this. And here's, you know, we had a dinner party where this happened and here and all these, and these great stories. And it's, it's a nice, and she says that they're more dark. I was like, I don't, and maybe it's because I've already got a twisted sense of humor as it is. And so for me to call something dark, you've got to go way dark. You know, for me, you've got to go into, you know, something out of a, a horror movie. Like, oh, I don't know if I can watch this for me to say it's dark, but I will say in comparison to the sunshine episodes, the power cut episodes, they're a little heavier. They're more, they're more serious, I guess. Whereas the sunshine episodes are very uplifting and empowering. And again, great for meditation and focus and just, but they're so soothing and the music. And if you heard the music that went through that whole bit, the, they're very soothing and calming. And, and, and I, I message her listening to the show that first night. I think, your show is so calming. You're going to, you know, like, I'm so relaxed right now. You're going to take away all of the rage. I need to be able to do my own show. Like, I'm going to sue you for destroying my show because you calmed me down too much. And she, she's got to laugh at it. But I, I think I had a, I've had some good chats with her here and there. And, and Heather is the sweetest person. Oh my gosh. She is so sweet. And, I, I've really, I love her so much. She's great. I, I can't believe one more of those, just, you would so, such a sweet, genuine person. And I've, I've, I don't have, it's, it's kind of like when I talk about, uh, Emily from the story behind such a sweet person. And I, I can imagine these are like the same, they're the same person when it comes to, they're so supportive of other people and so grateful and so sweet and just so kind. And, but they, and they both put together very fun, easily digestible short shows. And I, I, it's, it's a, it's a must listen for me, especially because it's a, it's a short show, but it's something, especially when, like I said, it, it's very calming. So if I am sort of stressed out it's something that I can just listen to, or I, I mean, or if you really feel like it, you can just at this point, I think she's around episode 15 or 16. I forget what's on my phone, 
but I know my phone gives feedback if I get too close to the mic, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, yeah, she's around episode 15 or 16 right now, and she just finished up uh, in the Sunshine episodes. She was doing the uh, Seven Days of Sunshine Challenge. That's just kind of a very uh, kind of a motivational thing. And granted, you know, in within the confines of the show, it basically takes 14 weeks to get through all seven days. But I mean, it's also a program that you go to the website and you can start the challenge and do all that. But it's, it's, it's been a really interesting thing. And if I, I could probably sit there and just, I'm going to listen to all these and I'm going to try and do this thing. But it's unfortunately one more, I think me trying to calm down. Um, I honestly, I probably could, I could probably use something to, uh, soothe me and, 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 and help my, my anger and frustration and rage issues. But if I did all that, then you wouldn't have anything to listen to now, would you? But if you are feeling that need to calm down, I highly suggest listening to Sunshine and Power Cuts, or if you're interested in in off-grid living. And it's interesting, and I, I don't remember because I'm blanking the, the piece that I cut. Um, if she mentions that basically the reason she lives off-grid is by necessity, not because she's some sort of doomsday prepper, like, oh, I've, like, no, I'm, I'm trying to get away from, from society and all that. It's really just a matter of her and her husband built a home and where they built their home, it was going to cost them $30,000 to have a uh, you know, grid electric run to their home and to have utilities and everything run to the site where their home is. So it just became a case of, okay, well, we can invest much less money and just it's going to be cheaper for us to live off grid. So we'll you get some solar panels and generators and wood stoves and all and but built up their their off grid system as a as a necessity just because of hey where we live we don't have we don't have utilities so we have like we have to make do and so it's a completely different sort of aspect because whereas especially here in in Arizona there's tons of people who live off grid but they voluntarily live off grid. She's doing it out of necessity, especially in New Zealand. I was like, Hey, it's a whole, it's a different, completely different perspective. It's not that doomsday prepper or conspiracy theory guy. That's, you know, I'm trying to get away from the government and all that sort of stuff. You know, you don't know where they exactly they live because they don't exactly have an address because they don't exactly live in a place that's legally uh, identified somewhere. No, she, has not she you know goes into town she buys groceries like any other person she has a refrigerator all that stuff but she also has a daily routine of checking how much juice are on her batteries and checking the weather to see how much power they should be able to generate like are we going to be able to uh, entertain do we have enough fuel for uh dinner <laughs> like oh we're out of of fuel for the generators and the batteries are low. Um, we're going to have to use the wood, the wood oven. So I have to start that fire early so it gets hot enough. And using like the word and, and all, all the little intricacies of her system. Like I really need to go back through it because it's really complex. And it's really impressive that they've got all of these different pieces. It's kind of redundancies against, you know, one, if one system fails or if, there's not enough solar power in the batteries, then they've got another system that can take its place. Because if you're, you know, kind of a, hey, if all you have is solar and you're completely cut off from the system, then if your batteries run out, you're stuck. If suddenly you can't cook or clean or anything else, like, well, they've got those systems in place and it's kind of cool. And, and again, I like that sort of difference between the empowerment episodes, the sunshine empowerment episodes and the, the nitty gritty nuts and bolts power cuts episodes. But the, 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 again, the music through the whole thing is so calming and mellow and soothing. And it's a, it's just a nice listen and not to, to say anything that I could probably fall asleep to that show and I can't fall asleep to most things. Uh, uh, but 
I think I could probably fall asleep, just calm myself down, just listen to that and 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 lull myself to sleep because it's so soothing. I probably should do that since I've been so sick. I, I always have a hard time falling asleep when I'm sick. So I should do that. I should just listen to that. Put that show on at night and 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 drift off into nice calm something. I honestly don't think my wife would mind that. But if you want to check out uh, Sunshine and Power Cuts, and you absolutely should, because it's a, a great show, and Heather is the sweetest, and she deserves all your support. Uh, check out sunshineandpowercuts.com or sunpowerpod on Twitter because everybody needs a little sunshine in their life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I came up with that. But that is going to do it for me today. If you are enjoying the show, uh, if you feel like leaving me a rating or a review over an Apple podcast, great. But what I would really love, if you tell a friend, if you really dig the show, uh, share it on your social media, uh, tell a friend about it. Uh, because that's how the show grows. That is the best way to help me out here. Um, ratings are great and it and reviews are awesome because then it's, it's telling me what you think and, and all that. But what I really would rather see is share it with your friends. Tell, tell them what you like. Tell me what you like or what you don't like or all that stuff. Tell me what your favorite uh, story is. Uh, I, I love hearing I love hearing from people. In all of my daily little mini episodes, I've, I've loved some of the feedback I'm getting in some of the stuff. It's, it's really great. Uh, as Dave Jackson would say, that's the juice in the tank. That's the, that's, the, that's the gas in the tank for podcasters is hearing from people. So, uh, you know, check, you know, share it. Tell me what you think. Leave me a review on the Facebook page at Odd Dad Out. Or just hit me up on Twitter at also at Odd Dad Out because I'm, I, I just kind of, it's an odd enough name that nobody took it but yeah check me out there uh leave me reviews drop me a line say hey man what a great show this was so awesome hey i love your recommendations it's great whatever but yeah and as always you can catch all of the past episodes and click anywhere you need to subscribe you can find it at odddadout.blogspot.com and until next week or tomorrow, if you're if you're tuning in. I'm still Adam Higgins, the odd dad out. Thank you and good night.